I'm comedian Timmy Boyle, and this is the greatest live Instagram comedy experience that nobody knew about. March of 2020, I just arrived home from tour when COVID-19 shut down the world. So despite being severely technically challenged, I started a daily live Instagram show right here from my living room. Because how hard could it be? And how long could a pandemic last? Apparently longer than five months. So now, a hundred episodes later, I've called comedians as diverse in experience as they are in style from all around the world to discuss comedy, life, and, well, whatever. I had no goals, which was a great idea. I avoided tech checks, which was a bad idea. And I eventually wore no pants. The jury's still out on that one. And my OJ, over 150 days, transformed from refreshing drink to rancid mystery liquid right before our eyes. It was a random, free-flowing, hilariously messy ride into the minds and backstage lives of entertainers where anything could happen, and did, including a trip to a goat farm. Overcoming a lack of direction, resources, and tech ineptness, as well as multiple zombie cyber attacks, a project not expected to last even a week soon developed into a must-watch show like no other. But don't take my word for it. See for yourself, right here, on another episode of Calling Comedians in Quarantine. Is that it? Did we get it all? Awesome. Hey, Christina. You are, uh, you are here during a um, quick test of the technical thing. And we've got guests coming in here. We are just doing a quick test before our show tonight. We had some technical issues. Um, the show will be starting at 6 o'clock. Thank you for coming in now. You know what? We might just have to test the show. We might just have to go right into the show. I'm going to wave to you all. Normally we don't. Uh, normally we don't have this happening before the show. We didn't realize that so many people were going to start jumping in to this. So um, we uh, we currently are waiting on um, Andy Beningo, uh, who's going to be our guest tonight. This is kind of like a pre-show show. Um, so Andy Beningo is trying to figure out how to connect with me here on the IG, as the kids like to call it. Um, and then we would be going, uh, bringing the show back on right at six o'clock, but I do not see Andy yet. How are you guys doing? Um, I am, uh, I am actually going to, it's so nice to have you guys show up so early here. This is kind of like, you know, when we're doing a comedy show and we're doing the sound check and like a few, few people open the back door and they kind of peek in and they're like, Hey. Yeah, can we come in? And we're doing the sound check, and we're like, okay, and then they're watching the sound check. That's kind of what you guys are getting right now. It's kind of like a bonus. Um, if we were charging for this, it would be like free, but seeing as the whole show is free. Oh, look, there we go. Uh, we got Andy. We got Andy. Andy. Look, see, everybody, clap for Andy. Here we go. Let's see what happens. I'm going to, I'm going to bring in, I'm going to bring in Andy. We're going to add, you're going to see this whole test thing happen. Andy, Andy, where are you? 
so nice. Now, for all of you who are coming in right now, just understand, Andy. Hey, man. All right. We got it working finally, huh? We, we got it working, and we've already got five viewers. I've been telling people this is kind of like the pre-test. Yeah. Um, and kind of like, you know, when we're doing like a show, you're doing sound check, and all of a sudden people start <laughs> coming in the back room. 100%. Um, they're like, so, and that's like, they're always like, did the show start already? You're like, There's <laughs> nobody here. Why would, no, just relax. It's 630. The, the staff's not even here yet. <laughs> I, I mean, I wish I had a, a, a staff for this, quite, quite honestly. We could have, we could have done this a lot earlier in the day. Got a, got a staff test run. Um, and I had a lot going this afternoon. You know, I took two naps today. You know, it's been just jam slammed, man. You know, I've, I've, it's been just nonstop. So, you know. Uh, I don't even know if I should tell this story now or um, like, what time is it? What time you got? Uh, it's pretty close to six. I mean, it's like maybe a minute or two before, but I mean, it's up to you. Whatever you want to do, man. Oh, oh, oh no. Do, do we log out and start the show at six o'clock or do we just kind of run into this thing? Let's run into it because I'm afraid I don't know how to use this, and I'm afraid I'm <laughs> back in. And people are gonna be like, "I thought this thing was live, and it's gonna be, and I'm gonna end up blowing it." So yeah. Well, it is live, and uh, so now we've got uh, we've got some people in here who have already joined us, um, and uh, they got front row seats, came in before the rest of the crowd even knew things were going on. All right. Awesome. But um, but okay. So here's uh. So wait. Oh oh oh. Here's where I got to do this. All right. Come with me. I don't normally do this. People are going to get I'm this. Just over and I'm following you. Yeah. See, so everybody who is tuning in right now, you realize that you're, you're a part of something that doesn't normally happen. You just got a little tour of the corners of my ceiling of my house. Um, and I don't, I don't normally reveal that. But uh, I don't know about you, Andy. Are you even in your own house right now? Because I know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm down in my basement, actually, only because I've got the, uh, the six-year-old and the three-year-old upstairs. And I know they're going to start screaming and yelling at any minute. So yeah, that's kind of that's opposite of when I had a six-year-old and a three-year-old in my basement. And they would always scream. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, the, but that's a whole other story. That's, Statute that's... of limitations. It's all good now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, let me let me. Um, uh, so don't go anywhere because we don't want to we don't want to ruin this this technology thing that we've just figured out here. But um, I want to kind of uh, just kind of announce to everybody who's coming in here. Uh, my name is Timmy Boyle. Uh, down below, depending on whether you have your phone upside down, is Andy Beningo, um, and uh, you are watching uh, episode. I believe this is episode eight of uh, Calling Comedians in Quarantine. Now, I don't know, Andy, if you recognize the three C's. I had comedy, calling comedians in quarantine. I love uh, it. I love yeah, because I thought, I thought quarantine started with a C. I thought it was like CW, and then apparently it wasn't, so I had to quickly change that to last yep. minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, ended, up, it ended up working. But um, we've had a great week uh, of, of comics on the show. I literally, like you, Andy, I did not understand this technology for years. People have said, why don't you go on and do live things? And I'm like, why would yeah. I do that? I don't get it. And then, right. um, and then I don't know if you've heard that there's a bug going around, and uh, that kind of uh, kind of got me in, stuck in the house. It's maybe just a Canadian thing. Um, I heard anything about it? No. Yeah. Um, it's a there's a bird. I don't know. Some bird passed something on. A few people have uh, have got something. I just don't. I don't want to get it. Whatever it is, but well, um, I'm I'm a comedian, so I've just been literally sleeping all day, every day. So I haven't changed any routines or anything. So. <laughs> don't, know, so, don't know what's been going on in the outside world, man. 
that's where I want. That's where I wanted to go. Um, right before, um, right, right before we kind of went into the restart of the show. But anyways, welcome to everybody who's here. We're going to be talking with Andy Benengo today here on Calling Comedians and Quarantine. But Andy, here's the thing: people have asked, you know, is this thing throwing off my life? And apparently, you're in the same boat as me. I posted a picture yesterday of me taking a nap because I don't know what time it is anymore. I don't know what day of the week it is. But then I realized that that's exactly how my regular life is. I don't know what day of the week is it ever. Because um, if we don't have a show, I'm napping. Um, yeah. You know, so. 100%, 100%. But no, I mean, it's definitely thrown off a, a little bit. You know, like I said, kids, uh, I don't know how it is in Canada. And where I'm at in Michigan, they've shut schools down for about three weeks. So I've had the kids here more or less. Mm. And, uh, you know, just kind of been, kind of been running around with that. But um yeah, you kind of live for Saturday night. You kind of live for for Friday night. Those show days, and when you don't get them, it's it, it does it, it. Somebody posted a, a very funny guy named Chad Daniels posted a uh, a funny tweet yesterday where he said it feels like the week between Christmas and New Year's Eve, but it's gone on forever because yeah. that's really the week when nobody like everybody's just hanging out and you know it's everybody's watching Netflix doing nothing. But um, hopefully everything will be back to normal here pretty quick. We'll see what happens. Well, there. I think. I think for me, what's been cool about it is um, because of, of what I do and you do, um, it feels like time has just stopped because we can't really do a lot of the work that we usually, like when people say, what else do you do? Well, I run a business. And when we're at home trying to book, nobody's talking about booking anything right now. So it gives us this chance to actually, I don't know, for me, it gives me a chance to catch up. Another reason it, it's given me a creative thing, like, like this show never would have happened um, because I was like, I don't want to go on the technology, but, yeah. and I was like, oh, well, you know what, let's try it. I don't have proper lighting or proper sound, but let's see what happens. Um, so it's kind of created a little bit of a creative streak for me, which I've really liked as well. Oh, hundred percent. And I think, uh, uh, that's, what's kind of cool is like you said, you're, you're more focused a lot of times just trying to keep busy. You're focusing on just yeah. shows booked or whatever. Whereas this just kind of opens up time to either write or, um, you know, like the online content. I'll, I don't know if you saw it. I just did a video online um, last Saturday night because basically the joke was I've gotten on stage every Saturday night for the last 13 years. So being in quarantine, I got to get up in front of the crowd I can get in front of. And it was my six-year-old and three-year-old. So he said, right. I up like a little stand-up comedy club and basically tried doing jokes for them. And, uh, uh, you know, just stuff like that. It's like, like you said, it's stuff you probably wouldn't even bother attempting to do or you know sketch sketch wise because you're too busy focused on more or less the live yeah you know, shows so yeah it does it definitely does add some some creative stuff and uh you know everybody's just trying to make people laugh any way that they can and so this technology thing's really cool and like i said a lot of with zooms trying to do like live shows over zoom and stuff i haven't tried that yet but um i don't it's it's interesting because you i still feel like you still need the live audience you know and i don't know if it translates over 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 the uh internet or whatever but um you know a lot of people are trying it so who knows maybe in a couple of years we'll just all be staying home on our couches and performing that way man well that's what i think like well in a couple of years this thing's still going to be going so um I'm yeah sure of that so uh, a very important question. Uh, did your six-year-old or your three-year-old, did either of them laugh at your jokes? Is one of them more of a fan of yours than the other? Well, that's what kind of makes the sketches because I'm doing comedy and then I basically, you know, I actually did the stand-up and we kind of just taped their 
um, reactions to the jokes. So like my, my daughter's just kind of like rolling her eyes and my son just looks totally confused. And then, uh, you know, I just kind of spliced it together. I only coached him on one line and that was just basically my son calling me a hack, which uh, just made <laughs> funnier. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, um, but, but they, they're, they're at that age where they think they're the funniest things, but they like, they end every, like they'll do jokes, but it doesn't make sense. But they think as long as they say, get it at the end of the, the, the sentence, it's a joke. So they'll be like, why did the cat cross the road? Because there's chicken in the air, get it. And then they're like laughing hysterically. And you're like, it's not even a joke, but just because they said, get it, they think that counts as a joke. So, uh, so cute fun age right now, you know? Well, that kind of confuses me. Cause then I, I think that maybe I might be their age cause I think I'm the funniest. So. <laughs> Well, as long as you throw "get it" after any sentence, it'll work. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start doing that. I'm gonna write that down here. Now, um, for the record, uh, just for full disclosure, because um, I've been in my house now for well over a week in quarantine, um, I do these shows uh, with no pants. I just want you to make sure that you're comfortable with that. Um, sure. Last That's night, a social distancing thing too, you know, so it works out. Yeah. Well, last last night, an eagle-eyed viewer um, noticed when the when my phone went back a little bit that I had uh, joggers on last night. But I did that because I had Kristen Weber on, and you know you just got to have some a little bit of decorum right, at that level. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but because now, because I'm back with you now, um, just so you know, the pants are back off. I don't, I don't, I'm not going anywhere for years, so I don't. I don't why, why, right? Yeah. <laughs> Keep it casual. Keep it casual. That's totally fine. So, Andy, I, I, uh, I did a little bit of research here that I want to kind of talk about. Um, here on the show, we, uh, we just want to talk about life, quarantine, comedy, those type of things. Um, first of all, thank you for joining Instagram just for this show. Uh, oh, yeah. you, you didn't have an account. And I think you're the first comic to be on this show that, that did not have an Instagram account and literally got one to come on the show. So I... Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for that. Was that oh, easy to set that up? Well, it is. I mean, it's just, it was one of those things where it was like, you know, as a comic, everybody's like, you got to be on Twitter. You got to be on Facebook. You got to be on this. You got to be on that. And Instagram was one of those that people kept telling me about. And I was like, I don't have time to keep uploading 400 things. I don't know, whatever. And then everybody's like, oh, no, Instagram's like way better than Twitter and Facebook. That's the one you should have joined like 10 years ago. So uh, I'm doing a little bit of a catch up now, but no, super easy. And, and um, you know, just, just from looking at it, I like it way better than Twitter and, and Facebook and stuff. Cause it's mostly just pictures and, and kind of jokes and stuff. So, uh, so yeah, but, but no, I, I appreciate you having me on the show for sure. Um, I, uh, I noticed though your very first picture. So anybody needs to follow, what is, what, what is it? Bingo comedy. I think. That bingo comedy. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. Um, your very first picture and only picture on Instagram. Uh, tell us about that photo because you and I have talked a little bit about the scenario, but but tell us about the, the only photo you have on Instagram. I want to hear that story. And it's the only picture I'll ever have to post on Instagram. It's me with uh, Hockey Hall of Famer and my hero, Steve Eiserman. Uh I think we were talking about this in Edmonton, right? When, or, uh, where were we, St. Catharines or something? I think we were working. Yes, yeah. But we were talk I was talking Oilers. That's why the Edmonton reference, right? Right, right. So, uh, but basically, yeah, I was at this charity event. I'm a huge Detroit Red Wings fan, as, as you can probably tell from my basement here. Uh, yeah hockey pictures and stuff but uh no just was at a charity event and happened to uh get introduced to steve eiserman and i was totally freaking out i think i was telling you that story the, the yeah. 
uh, I was walking off and I'm like, uh, there's a giant line and I'm like, oh, is that the, the meet and greet for me? People want pictures with me? And the lady's like, no, that's actually with uh, Steve Eisman, who I never had a chance to meet. And I instantly turned into like 10 year old me. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Stevie Y. <laughs> He's my hero. He scored that goal. It was amazing. He's Stanley Cup champion. And like the lady in charge of the event, kind of like freaked out. She's like, "Whoa!" Like kind of like calm down. Like you're like you. And so, um, yeah, I got to spend a little bit of time with him, talk to him a little bit about the draft and and just kind of how the Red Wings are. And thankfully, the uh, that's kind of the good thing about the coronavirus is you don't have to watch the Red Wings lose any more games this year. They've been pretty brutal. Um, but uh, no, it was really cool. And and you know, obviously, once. Um, once I figure it out, I'll probably be posting some show pictures and some other things like that. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. And then, uh, oh, somebody wrote in there, you should have seen Timmy when he met Walter Gretzky. Huh? I yeah. Tell me that story. I think we were at oh, Boston Pizza. <laughs> yeah, him. we yeah. were. Like, like that's crazy. Like, I mean, Gretzky, Gretzky actually, they just tell, I think it was just the anniversary or something of him getting the uh, 802nd goal where he beat Gordie Howe. Oh, uh, wow. And uh, because we've been reliving the past up here in sports, because real sports isn't going on right now, yeah. they've been reliving the, the 1993 run with the Leafs, where we went up against Gretzky in L.A., yep. and uh, Gretzky high-stuck uh, Gilmore, um, drew blood, Gilmore. didn't get a penalty. Yep. Um, I can't hold that against a great one. Um, and uh, we could have won the Stanley Cup that year. I don't care what anyone says. But um, we've been doing shows in Brantford on the circuit tour for – uh, nine years now, and uh, I'd yeah. always wanted Walter Gretzky to come out. Um, and then one day uh, he did, and Robert Beckham um, uh, made that happen. He's watching this right now. And Walter Gretzky, yeah. the father of the great one, um, showed up at my show, sat right in the front row, came up on stage. That picture's on my Instagram. Um, awesome. But, uh, I, I mean, I'm going to say, you know, you know our, we're going to say our stories are equal. Um, do you, just uh, with Steven Iser, with with Iserman there, uh, do you feel he deserved Hall of Fame? I thought he was kind of on the bubble. Oh, 100%. I mean, I thought he was a <laughs> – I think you're razzing me right now. I mean, uh, but, no, he uh, he's one of those rare guys, and I, I think we've even talked about this before. He's one of those guys who probably could have put up 700, 800 goals easily. But, uh, you know, in the mid-'90s, the Red Wings were, were, you know, so close to winning the Cup, and, you know, Scotty Bowman basically helped him trans transform his game to where he became, I think, one of the best two-way players, man. He was, you know, blocking shots, killing penalties. So, um, you know, kind of sacrificed some stats for, for kind of team play. But, um, no, it was exciting. I mean, he's back with the Red Wings as the GM, so, you know, it's going to take a little while for them to get – it, uh, you know, decent, but, um, you know, he did a great job in Tampa. I mean, uh, you know, he kind of got hired. I, I don't know how many years ago, but Tampa was kind of a, you know, decent. I mean, he. You know, hopefully he does the same thing with the wings, but uh, yeah, but, but it's great. So. Well, that's awesome. You guys need to go check out that picture with him and uh, Steve Eiserman. Um so on uh, on your website, it said that uh, um, you've uh, now. I mean, I, I have a website too, and pretty much everything on there I made up. So I don't know if what stuff is true on yours, but uh, it yeah. says that over over three thousand career performances, which is super cool. Does that include uh, the one that you just did with your six year old and your three year old? No, I left that one out. I counted that one just as kind of a sketch. But um, just being a hockey nerd, I was always obsessed with stats. Yeah. And uh, so I honestly kept track of every show. I got this giant, like, Word document with every show. It's got, like, uh, you know, the number, 
uh, the spot on the show, who I worked with, and like the date, basically, uh, yeah. in, in the venue. And so I just kept track, just more or less for me, and just to kind of look back. Yeah. Be like because uh, my goal originally was like man if i could just do like a hundred stand-up shows right that'd be amazing and i'm thinking like that'll probably take like 30 years to do and then you realize, <laughs> like oh that's like three months of, of of shows or whatever so uh yeah i just kind of kept track of them just more or less like i said just me being a stats nerd it doesn't mean anything in the long run but it's it's more or less for me to kind of look back and go man you know it's um kind of cool and then obviously when you kind of scroll through the uh the Rolodex of shows, you only remember the bad ones. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Then you go, I bombed at that place. Oh, I remember that one. So uh, more or less, it's just a painful reminder of uh, you know some of the <laughs> some of the places I've been. But uh, now, now we've only been on the stage once together mm -hmm. um, in St. Catharines. Uh, right. Just off the top of your head, because I'm sure it was memorable. Right. Uh, what number was the show that you and I were on? Oh, it was like right over three thousand. Because I think I got three thousand like in December. And then I think we worked together just in February, right. so yeah, maybe three thousand twenty or thirty or something like that. And to look cool. it up, sure. But well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that I'm gonna put that on my website that I was <laughs> I performed with Andy Beningo in his three thousand and fiftieth show. Yeah, well, I mean, I like I said, hopefully we'll get a chance to work together soon because I mean that was only the one we only did the one show, but man, I really enjoyed it. That was that uh, that big show in St. Catharines, and uh, you know, for we the had that we had that taped. Yeah, it was it was a good one. Uh, I got we I I haven't seen any of the footage yet, but uh, hopefully that will be out soon. Oh, I thought hey. you murdered it though too, because I mean you you did the the hosting of the thing and, and did the game show. Yeah, I remember because it's it's always interesting when you do those kind of tours because it seems like the comics for the most part, they don't know each other, but the guys who are in charge do, you know? So like Eric was kept going on about, Oh, Timmy's great, man. You're going to love Timmy. And I was like, Oh, I can't wait. You know, for me, I like watching guys I've never seen before. And uh, I felt like for like a week and a half, I'm like, Oh, I'm doing great on this game show. I got the hang of it. And then I watched you do it and I felt embarrassed. I was like, Oh, this guy's really good. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. So it was fun to just kind of watch and take notes and, um, you know, it was kind of cool. So, uh, you know, I enjoyed it for sure working with you. So I appreciated that. Uh, Jacob, Jacob is in here. Uh, just so you know, Jacob is a uh, young comic started, started doing stand up at the age of 16. I met him down in Pasadena. Um, so he's been here watching the shows. And so, uh, we got some new, com we got Orlena Kane in here. She, uh, man, she was killing it as a comic, but then she just got too busy and too big and, uh, you know, can't do it anymore, but, uh, she should have kept going with that. Um, you also uh, are described, Andy, as um, this is official here. This is, I wrote down on my card um, as an everyman style. That's how it's described. Now, I went online um, to try to find out how many men there are, like because you're everyman. Um, depending on what you read, there could be 20 different types of men, eight different types of men, five different types of men, and four different types of men. So I just kind of went with one list, and I just want you to tell me out of the everyman, which one of these best describes you, okay? Okay, let's do it. So these were the four on this one list because I didn't have time to do the 20-man list. Mm -hmm. You're either the warrior, the philosopher, the monk, or the bard. I had to Google bard. but Yeah, what is a bard? Well, a bard kind of might, might skew your answer a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, is a professional storyteller. <laughs> Um, a music composer, a oral historian, and um, uh, a verse maker. So 
I would think on the surface I would go bard, but sure. I'm not. I don't want to. You might be a bigger warrior. So, what well, type of man would you be? I just look at me. I look like a warrior. You know, I look pretty tough. I look pretty manly. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, no, I mean for the most part, what I meant by that was just basically. Uh, you know, I talk about every everyday life. You know, I talk about being married, and I talk about relationships, and and and. Uh, you know, taking care of the six-year-old and three-year-old. And I think being a dad, you kind of do have to be a little bit of a warrior. You know, you got you to gotta wrestle their, their energy. You got to wrestle their emotions, everyone freaking out. So let's go with that. That sounds like a good answer. All right. So you're the warrior. I think I, think I am the um, warrior philosopher monk bard. Yeah, all of them rolled up into one, huh? Yeah. I mean, I wish I, wish I could only kind of be kind of in one vein, but I mean – when you have everything, Andy, it's 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 a curse in some ways, but a blessing in others. You know what I'm saying? Plus, as a comic, you're kind of like a monk off stage anyway, right? You kind of you try kind of keeping in your own element. You, you kind of don't talk that much. You kind of keep your head down, right? And, do you um, find? Do you find? I do. I find this all the time. People assume um, now, based on what you've said before about how you like to take naps and stuff like that, and just kind of yeah. chill. Um, people assume that most comics are kind of like, you know, they see us on stage and then they just think it's like, like party, 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 party. I, uh, when I come off stage, I'll, I'll do the, the chatting and the handshaking and then the chat, you know, photos, whatever it needs to happen. But as soon as I'm like out of that building, I'm like ready to like, I got to want to see people. I live in this little village now and I love it because when I get off the road, I come home and there's like, like it pl closes down at five at night even before a virus happens. Like people have been saying, how do we handle social distancing? Well, my little village here has been uh, like perfecting it since 1858. Like we've been doing yeah. social distancing forever. Um, but, but yeah, so I guess, is that true with you too? That, that you're, you kind of use the quiet time to get ready for stage as opposed to stage energizing you for regular life? Yeah, I, I I feel like I kind of disappoint people off stage. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I'm very dull and very boring. And uh, you know it is. Everybody has this expectation. Like you're, it's every night is like Animal House. You be drinking and partying and just going nuts. And then uh, you know I'm always just kind of after the show. People are like you want to go drinking? Let's go drink. And I'm like, is there a pizza place around here? Let's just get pizza. Let's. But yeah, I'm the same way. I feel like you burn all your mental energy and your physical energy on stage, and then. It's like uh, anybody else kind of getting off of work. I feel like once you're off stage, you're ready to just check out and you're ready to just kind of either go back to your hotel or, or go back to your house and just kind of crash out. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's a weird, it's a weird, um, I want to say expectation or something, but people think it's, yeah, partying all the time, I guess, you know. I read a stat, I read a stat uh, that said that um, a public speaker who, who orates and speaks for, an hour and a half to two hours puts in the same mental and emotional energy as somebody who sits um, for an eight hour work day. Is that right? Oh, I, I, I would probably uh, believe that. Yeah. yeah. Like that's why I get very offended when people are saying like, like, do you actually do work? And it's like, yeah, I do. Because like when you're on stage too, if you're, if you're, I mean, you know it to be true. I mean, I've never worked in a cubicle. I have no desire to work in a cubicle, but when you're at work, you can take those moments to close your eyes, maybe go to the water cooler, whatever. Um, your brain shuts on and off over that eight hour span. Right. We're, if we're on stage for two hours, even prior, because we're, th we're thinking show heading up to that, the yep. brain doesn't shut off for, you know, three to four hours um, yeah. at all. Like there is no downtime. So, yeah.
it makes sense. You're burning everything that you got in one kind of big burst, you know, and, and, uh, after that, yeah, it, it, it definitely, because I know I usually feel exhausted after shows, you know, like even after the, the show we did, you can just tell, like there's everybody kind of, you know, they just kind of shutting it down, you know, and people, oh, you're all comics, really? And everybody <laughs> yep, like, yeah. said the entire dinner, everybody's just kind of hanging out, but uh, um, no, it's, I mean, it's, you know, I try to do the same thing too. Like you said, try to meet people after the show and say hi. And cause, yeah, I do appreciate people coming out when they do, but uh, in terms of, you know, getting crazy or whatever, I, I think I'm, yeah, I'm just getting older or what, but I just kind of shut it down. <laughs> so, so um, as we kind of, we're, we're, I just want people to know that we will be um, taking some questions here. If you've got any questions for, for myself or for Andy in regards to comedy life, whatever it may be, um that that's cool we're gonna start to bring those in now if you want to ask those questions but andy while we're waiting for any questions to come in why are you a, com a comic like why, why even take this route why am i comedian well when i was a kid I, I just loved funny people i just loved all my uncles were just funny people you know they're always laughing goofing off uh the the people i kind of looked up to everybody's like who's your favorite actor or whatever i always had funny people for my answers like steve martin or adam sandler or dan Aykroyd, guys like that so um <clears throat> i just think it's i like growing up i knew how much fun it was just laughing you know and goofing off and I, so i thought if i could bring that to people every week or whatever that'd be awesome you know um kind of like with our church tour you never know what people are going through you know um so it's nice to kind of just give people a release for you know whatever two hours or whatever just to forget about their problems and just laugh so um i've been lucky that it somehow worked out okay <laughs> you know my my parents were you know like any parent were a little skeptical starting off you know and thought i was gonna 38 living in their their basement or something and uh luckily i only moved out after after 23 so you know beat the curve or whatever and uh, but no i've been really lucky i just i just love it it's fun like i said just hanging with funny people and the traveling's awesome you know i never thought in a million years i'd get to see different parts of the world and so uh, i've been really lucky with that stuff so yeah Okay, so we got a couple questions here. So the first one, and uh, and we'll both we'll both kind of answer this. Um, this one's actually very close to my heart. Uh, Jacob asked, uh, "How do you guys deal with writer's block?" Um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say right off the bat, and then I want to hear Andy you you respond as well. But I don't believe in writer's block. Um, I uh, I think it's um, a sense writer's block usually comes in. I believe uh, when you don't break past a certain wall. My philosophy for writing, and I don't sit down for comedy per se and write jokes out, but I did when I was writing my book and those type of things, is that I would just write, delete, write, delete, write, delete. And like 15 minutes later, I might still not have anything. And all of a sudden you catch, you catch the rhythm. And then for about three hours I would write. And so Jacob, I would say, I, I don't believe in writer's block. I believe it's just a matter of like, just keep writing even if it doesn't make sense just write it delete it if you want to write it just keep going and eventually that rhythm will go and and that's how that's that's what i perceive what how, how do you deal with with writer's block or, or how would you answer that question yeah i mean 100 percent. I, I was never really a guy that was like sit down and try to just write you know because it's to me i feel like when i'm trying to do it on stage it just sounds forced you know like if i write i went to the store my delivery is i went to the store you know right my, my experience is just go out, go out, walk around, go to a store, go to Starbucks. Um, just try to have some sort of 
life experience because the humor is going to come naturally from, you know, just being out. I went to a Starbucks and there's a weird guy talking about this or whatever. Uh, you know what I mean? So, so it's like, I feel like the more, if that makes sense, the more uh, you just experience life and the more you get out there, you can just write about things. And the same thing I try to reflect on just, like I said, uh, my childhood, I try to think about stuff that uh, happened around Christmas time. I try to think about just, you know, I'm lucky because I'm married and I have two kids. So there's material every day just listening to them out <laughs> out some kind of craziness. So I mean, I don't catch it. I don't catch it right away. They'll say things and I'll just kind of go, oh, OK. Yeah. And it just kind of like mentally gets stored in my brain. So yeah, then when yeah. I actually do sit down, I try to do like a weekly recap of like what was weird or crazy that happened this week. Mm. And so then I'll just try to write all that stuff down. And then that's kind of where I feel like you, uh, I don't want to say like, I guess you kind of like flush it out. You know what I mean? It, you try to write it like that. So uh, that's, that's been my, I guess that's what, that's how I write is just more like, like a, hanging out with my pants or, you know, nice. going to the mall or something. Cause, cause I feel like, just being around people and doing things like that, you'll, you'll get, um, the, uh, relatability factor. In. Right. And I think, I think the combination of what we both just said there, uh, I think Jacob, um, with that question about dealing with writer block, I think they're, they both follow the same lines in, in some way, which is, um, the way you get past writer's block is, is don't stop. Um, mm -hmm. either, either continue to physically write until that idea starts to flow or like you said, go somewhere, walk outside, something will spark. If you've got a comedic mind at all, the more you yeah. see and expose yourself to, the more you're, it's going to spark that up. So don't, don't stop. Don't curl up in a corner and going, I got writer's block. No, like just, just keep writing, even if you don't have an idea yet, or walk outside and just, just keep your eyes wide open. Um, I think that, that combined. That's my uh, Crystal asked, is don't, don't force it. Don't force it. Don't, because if you're forcing, I got to be funny, I got to be funny, I got to be funny, it's not going right. to be it's not so just you know what I mean try to try to just write and keep yourself calm and um I heard Seinfeld used to used to put a cookie out you ever hear this he used to he used to pull out like a chocolate chip cookie because he loved chocolate chip cookies and he's like I'm not going to eat the chocolate chip cookie until I come up with something and he would sit there for an hour trying to come up with something and then he said before he knew it he forgot about the cookie and was just writing all day long, you know? So use little things like that, little motivators. To Whatever keep can motivate you. Uh, Crystal asks, what do you, do you remember your very first joke on stage? I remember mine fondly. How about you? My first joke on stage uh, was about uh, my life. Uh, um, it, it was about how uh, it was, uh, it, <laughs> it was, I started when I was 18 and so my first joke was I was I was in the dorm room at college trying to order fast food, uh, trying to order food from a Chinese restaurant. And the lady was like, uh, what's the order name for? And I would say it's Beningo. And she'd go, bingo, it's bingo, B-I-N-G-O, Beningo, bingo. And so like there was this big like kind of like fish out of water thing where I, I couldn't understand her. She couldn't understand me. And so that was the first. Uh, yeah, that was the first joke I would do like right out of it. That was, I think, the first joke I ever told on stage. And um, got a pretty good laugh. And then the rest of my set was just garbage. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> when I was um, – you, you know Leland Clausen? You know, we just worked together for the first time in Saskatchewan uh, at the tail end of that tour. Uh, okay. It was like the last so, – uh, Yeah, I liked working with him. He's a nice guy. 
He is. I met him. Uh, so I met him back in 2007 on his. Uh, I went to tour manage his comedy tournament, um, and I just went there as a tour manager. I wasn't expecting to do comedy, and I didn't want to get off the plane and not have a story to tell Leland. So I flew from Toronto to BC, and I got there, and I had written this story. This 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 real incident happened on the plane, and then as comedians do, I embellished that one little moment. And created this like five minute story, and I got off this off the plane and I told Leland this story in the in the airport. He laughed; that was funny. What ended up happening was like five days into this tour, he needed someone to introduce him on the stage, and so he asked if I could do it. And so I went up on the stage and I and I kind of introduced him. He said, "That's really funny." He do it again the next night, and next thing you know, he started to give me time to tell jokes, and and I told that story that I had written just to kind of have something to tell Leland but I told that story and then I started to tell he started to give me more and more time just to tell these stories but my very first joke was one that wasn't written to be a joke on stage it wasn't written for any other purpose other than I just want to help tell this guy a story and it ended up becoming this piece that I still today I tell um, and it kind of expanded um, it would be considered like a, like a classic piece for myself but yeah my very first joke was this story that I wrote um, that had nothing to do, it wasn't even meant to go on stage, and it ended up being a foundation of my very first seven-minute set. It's called The Airplane Story. You can find it online, but that's cool. Um, so we are running out of time here, Andy. I mean, you've got a young family, and I uh, try to keep these things in the... Um, oh, that my, Crystal says that joke's her favorite. Thank you, Crystal. Um, we, uh, I just want, uh, uh, as we go here, I want you to share something positive about... Um, how you are handling quarantine and how you feel others should handle quarantine so that everybody can just stay positive, keep on laughing, those type of things. What, what, would, you, what would you be able to offer up? Well, for me, the first positive thing is, is just being a comedian. I'm traveling all the time. You know, I'm doing 40 weeks a year. You know, sometimes on cruise ships, I'm gone two weeks in a row. So for me, it's been just be able to spend time with my family. You know, I know probably a little cliche to say like oh spend time with your family but i really have missed just sitting there watching videos or you know the new <laughs> watching frozen 2 for the 30th time in a row you know? um but i mean it's a little cliche to say like they grow up fast but they really do you know i feel like i was really missing out on a lot of stuff so now that it looks like i've got a lot of spare time on my hands it's nice to just spend time with with uh with my family and and uh just kind of play little silly games with the kids and you know have dinners and like that so i guess that's the positive is just you know getting to getting to spend time with your family and and uh you know uh you know for lack of words just reconnecting to be honest with you i mean you know everybody people that are out of work you know it's good to just kind of all on FaceTime and just see how people are doing. So I know we're social distancing each other, but I mean, how often do you honestly call, you know, your parents or your cousins or whatever? So, I mean, I think this is a good time to just, like I said, kind of connect with, with people you haven't, uh, you know, you know, life just goes by quick. So, you know, you just, um, you, you know, you kind of lose touch with people. So I, I, that's positive. I think is just getting a chance to talk to people you haven't really uh, gotten a chance to talk to in a while. So, yeah, I think absolutely. I think taking advantage, like you said, you know, like everything's always moving so fast. Very rarely do we get an opportunity in any industry um, or in any just life to have a reset. And that's what this has done. And there's a lot of, 
there's a lot of negatives that are happening and I'm sure there's, you know, there's people that are really struggling right now, but this really is an opportunity. Like you said, if we take this opportunity, I, I've, I've already been mentioning to people, if we come out of this on the other end, however long it takes, and we haven't learned a new skill, reconnected with people, got healthier, like this is an opera, all those things that we wanted to do, but we couldn't because we were too busy. You have, you have that chance right now to, to do a lot of positives. And one of those is connecting with family. And so I'm glad you're getting that opportunity. It's like a nice lifetime out. You know what I mean? I know some people are kind of struggling and a little bit nervous, but it is, it's a, it's hopefully a short period of time where you can just kind of, you know, like I said, kind of just do, do, uh, you know, catch up with people or, or whatever, but hopefully people well and hopefully everybody's all right out there so yeah that's cool well jacob's goal is to grow a beard so we hope you do that um gonna, uh, that's the bell that means that the show is about to end i stole that bell from my high school when i graduated along with the other. <laughs> nice. um, but uh i, I want to thank you for being on the show and and remind people where can they find you website any other social media where sure. find Sure, you can go to my website, www.andybeningo.com. Good luck spelling that. It's uh, B-E-N-I-N-G-O. But I'm on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram and Twitter. At, uh, <laughs> You're on Instagram now. That's you know, awesome. At Bingo Comedy. So uh, feel free. Uh, I know a couple of people were comics, so feel free to reach out anytime, man. I always love talking shop with comedians. And like I said, man, always good talking with you. And hopefully when all this craziness uh uh, dies down, we can go to Boston Pizza or something, get a get a couple of slices of pizza or something. So we we will work again and we'll stay in touch, man. Uh, uh, stay well, keep on laughing, and uh, we'll talk to you again in the future. And everybody, go go there and start liking that picture with Stevie Y. That's pretty awesome. Wash your hands, man. <laughs> Be good. All right, take care, Andy. Appreciate it. See you soon. Thanks. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Calling Comedians Inca Quarantine. Please take a moment to like, share, subscribe, and ring the little bell so you and your friends don't miss any of the laughs. Episodes will be uploaded here at Timmy's Shorts daily until I run out. And be sure to check out the description below for links to connect with myself or my guests on social media, support us by buying merchandise, and also download the podcast version of this show. Until next time, remember, your brain... It's for thinking, not for eating. So just say no to zombies. My name's Timmy Boyle.